Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Airing It Out Files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth. Hello, everyone. John Leahy with you as we are here on Thanksgiving week, as we are preparing for the big Thanksgiving holiday, and I hope you're all going to have a great one. I want to thank my guest. Well, actually, last week we didn't have a live guest. What I did was I did a podcast replay. We heard from Chuck Caton who uh, is the longtime voice, was the longtime voice of the Hartford Whalers and the Carolina Hurricanes. That was one of, one of my most popular episodes, so we uh, replayed that last week. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we are back to having a live guest this week, and I will introduce him momentarily. Uh, I'd like to let you know that we have a, a podcasting website for you to check out. It's at LeahyStorytelling.com. That's L-E-A-H-Y Storytelling.com. You can find all the episodes that we've done. There's also a, a section where you can leave a review. You can leave a certain number of stars from zero to five stars. You can also leave a written review if you prefer. There's also a way to uh, leave me a voice message. There's a purple microphone at the lower right of each page, and you can leave voicemail. And uh, there's also uh, a blog up there and some videos. So there's all kinds of cool stuff at Leahy storytelling.com. So I invite you to check that out. This week, we welcome in a good friend, a guy who's been on the podcast a couple of times, and uh, he is one of the legends of New Hampshire radio, a true legend, a true sportsman. My good friend Ken Kale is with us on the Thanksgiving episode today. Ken, so great to have you here, my friend. Well, John, thank you so much for having me back, and happy Thanksgiving to you and uh, your family. Well, uh, thank you, Ken, and I hope the, the Thanksgiving is a great one for you. Uh, we have so uh, many fun things to discuss today. We'll keep it light. Ken, when you talk about Thanksgiving, right, you talk about the four Fs, family, food, football, fun. We're going to touch all the bases today, and I thought I'd start with family. Uh, let me ask you, where will you be spending Thanksgiving Day, and uh, is it a normal tradition for you? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I have spent Thanksgiving in, in many locations uh, over the years. The, the past uh, few I've uh, been spending uh, in Virginia oh. with uh, my girlfriend's uh, family and have a great time uh, down there. We, we've made it a, a tradition for the last uh, few years now to, to go down there and uh, uh, visit with her, her son and uh, her grandchildren and it's just terrific because uh, every Thanksgiving now for the past three years, uh, we have had a, a great meal. And then the next day, we always go to a uh, Washington Capitals uh, game because they always play the day after Thanksgiving. So we go to a uh, Washington Caps game. And this year, John, it's against the Calgary Flames, a uh, 2 o'clock game in Washington, D.C. And uh, the, the Flames are of particular interest to me uh, because they have, uh, two former members of the uh, Manchester Monarchs in Trevor Lewis and Tyler Toffoli, two former members of the L.A. Kings, and they're coached by uh, Daryl Sutter, who uh, led the Kings to two Stanley Cups. Uh, you know, I used to be the voice of the uh, Manchester Monarchs and, uh, and in the Kings organization, so that's of uh, particular interest to me, and their goaltending coach, is uh, Jason LaBarbera, who was uh, a member of the uh, Manchester Monarchs and a longtime AHL and NHL player as well. So it worked out that uh, Caps are playing Calgary on Friday. So uh, and my girlfriend and I and uh, two of her grandchildren will, will be attending that game. 
Oh, that's awesome, Ken. And we, we should also touch on that. Uh, as you mentioned, you were the voice of the Manchester Monarchs, the AHL affiliate of the Los Angeles Kings. How many years were you doing those games, Ken? 17 years, John. Wow. Started in uh, 2001. And I was very fortunate. I, my first year, uh, my color analysts on Monarchs broadcasts were Rick Middleton, obviously a Boston Bruins legend whose numbers retired atop the TD Garden and I think should be in the uh, Hall of Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. And Pat Burns, uh, the late right. great Burns, who was a legendary coach. Uh, in the NHL. And uh, Jeff Eisenberg, who was the president of the Monarchs at the time, was able to get uh, Rick Middleton and, and Pat Burns in the broadcast booth. And the first ever professional game that I did, John, was uh, at what they used to call the Saunders Arena uh, in Lowell between the uh, the Monarchs and the Lowell Lock Monsters. And my first broadcast partner on my first pro hockey uh, you know, uh, game cast was uh, Pat Burns. And <laughs> that, that was a, I'll tell you what, John, that was a very intimidating experience. I mean, uh, uh, Pat was a terrific guy. Uh, don't get me wrong. He was uh, very good to work with. But sitting there with a legendary coach doing my first professional game was, was really uh, kind of, a, you know, it made me shake a little bit, you know, in my boots. Uh, because uh, like I said, I, you know, I'd never done, I've done did many high school games and a uh, number of college games uh, prior to that. Uh, but you know, nothing at the, uh, at the pro level on a play by play basis. And, uh, you know, it was kind of an, an intimidating thing, but, uh, uh, Pat was great. And, you know, working with those two guys in the first year was really a blessing for me because, uh, they taught me, uh, uh more hockey than I ever knew. Uh, going in, they saw things on the ice that I would have never noticed or, you know, uh, you know, taken note of in the past, and they they were terrific. So that was a, a great experience uh, from year one through year uh, seventeen with the Monarchs, both in the AHL initially and then uh, later on in the ECHL. Yeah, and of course, Pat Burns was a former police officer, right? That 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 oh. added to his aura too, right? Absolutely, in, in Montreal and. Uh, he uh, did mostly home games with me uh, in that first season. But uh, when the Monarchs went to Quebec City, uh, which had a team in the American Hockey League at that time, uh, Pat would always make the trip as well because he had a daughter that lived uh, in Quebec City. So it was great to have him there. He used to love uh, the hot dogs at Quebec City. Pat Burns did <laughs> me. And I, I think the only difference was that uh, – be in in the hot dogs between there and anyone else was that the uh the buns were grilled to perfection oh it's all about the bread ken Not much different but uh the the buns were grilled to perfection i remember we had uh mustard relish uh, onions on, on those hot dogs and they they were fabulous they really were i'll tell you it's all about the bread isn't it the bread the bread makes the the hot dog right that's what it comes down to, I think, John. The hot dogs are pretty much the same, but uh, the, the bread and what you put on, the ingredients the ingredients you put on, the condiments on that hot dog, I think that makes all the difference. Absolutely. Well, Ken, uh, we we're talking about family here and getting together for Thanksgiving. Do you have any favorite Thanksgiving family traditions, either from uh, your own family or now your extended family? Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, 
one of the great traditions, of course, uh, that uh, I, I used to uh, have every year was uh, going to a high school football game in the morning. Uh, whether it was, uh, and I, I did many high school football games on the radio uh, during my career, but uh, in my younger days, I always used to go to uh, Melrose High School, uh, Wakefield High School football games. Melrose and Wakefield uh, uh, were rivals then, and they, they still are now and play every uh, Thanksgiving morning. So I went to uh, many of those games. And then uh, for any number of years after I moved to New Hampshire, uh, did what they call the Turkey Bowl at uh, Gill Stadium in Manchester between the top uh, two city teams uh, that year. So I've always tried to make, uh, whenever possible, tried to make uh, football part of that uh, Thanksgiving uh, tradition. And there were a number of years when a group of friends and myself uh, went to the uh, Red Arrow Diner in Manchester prior to the uh, football game that morning would go to the uh, red arrow about six o'clock in the morning on thanksgiving have a great breakfast and then uh go over to gill stadium in manchester and uh, watch some high school football usually freeze but nonetheless uh, it was it was a lot of fun and uh and and i i like to try and keep uh football uh part of that tradition as well well, uh, that's great. We're going to talk a little bit more about high school football a little bit later, but let's move on to food, all right? Now, yeah. Thanksgiving is about the food. What is your ultimate Thanksgiving meal, Ken? What are the necessary food items that you need to have for a Thanksgiving meal? Well, uh, obviously the turkey. That, that's number one, but that's the obvious one. And the thing I look forward to the most, John, honestly, is butternut squash. Wow. I never knew that about you, Ken. Butternut squash, it's got just any Thanksgiving meal that I am a part of. I, I, I want and love to have uh, butternut squash, uh, great stuffing, and uh, lots of peas. I like peas, John. Well, see, you lost me right there, Ken. I'm not, uh, you're not a pea guy. I'm huh? not a pea guy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, they, and peas and, uh, and carrots, I uh, like like most of the veggies. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the green bean casserole. Today. Okay, all right, duly noted. But uh, but I, I love obviously the, all the desserts that go along with it uh, as well. Love uh, you know, uh, there's, I don't think there's a pie I've, I've ever met that I didn't like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, whether it be uh, you know apple pie a la mode with uh, you know vanilla ice cream on top or blueberry pie with ice cream and uh, uh preferably warm you know with the, ice, <laughs> the ice cream is melting on, on the pie and that sort of thing but but no i mean it's, it's great it's a great uh, everybody uh, mostly everybody eats too much on on thanksgiving i'm certainly included in that number and uh you know usually uh, falls asleep uh, in the fourth quarter of that Lions game, no matter what the score. <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's, I think it's been scientifically proven. There's a chemical in yeah. Turkey that actually makes you sleepy if you eat a lot of it. So I think that's why that happens. But I got, I got some follow-up questions on the food now, Ken. I'm not, I'm not going to let you get off easy with one, right, with one no, question. Okay. Now, uh, now Turkey, are you a white meat guy or a dark meat guy? More of a dark meat guy. All right. Yeah, yep. me, me too as well. Me too as well. Yep. Now, yep. Cr now the cranberry sauce, it could come, it could come a few different ways, right? You could get it with the with the berries in it, or yep. straight out of the can. Which do you prefer? And straight out of the can. All right. 
All right. Out of the can. The, the smooth uh, cranberry sauce without the berries. I like it. The smooth, the smooth out of the can. Uh, preferably ocean spray from uh, Massachusetts. There you so. go. There you go. <laughs> I, I like I like the fact that you're helping the Massachusetts economy, even though you're a New Hampshire guy, Ken. There, there you go. Well, I, I still, you know, both of my daughters now live in Massachusetts, and uh, actually one of them lives in the in the house I I grew up in. So, uh, you know, I, I I still support the uh, the Massachusetts economy quite a bit as a result. All right. Now you talked about pies. Now now do you do you have a favorite? Because I'm an apple guy, and I like to have the the vanilla ice cream on the side. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I prefer it hot. I prefer okay. the hot. But if I, you know, if I can have a decision in that matter, it would be hot apple pie with uh, with ice cream. Uh, my favorite pie. I mean, I love I love the apple, and there's no pie that I really don't like. Uh, but my favorite pie is lemon meringue, which is oh. not a Thanksgiving pie, really. Uh, but I still like it. I could have it any time. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> um. but that's one I like, and blueberry as well. I would say lemon mer- lemon meringue number one, blueberry number two. Right, and I'm going to have to put a plug in as far as the ice cream is concerned. Uh, we would always go to the Crescent Ridge Dairy in Sharon, Mass. for our ice cream. Uh-huh. It was only a quarter of a mile from the house, and when we had apple pie, we always had Crescent Ridge ice cream with it. So, Crescent uh, Ridge, okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Great stuff. And uh, as far as I'm concerned... The stuffing is what makes it for me. And my mom makes the best stuffing, and I'm looking forward to maybe having some of hers. Well, you know, that that's huge at Thanksgiving because I, I don't think uh, many times during the course of the year you would have it on a regular basis, or at least I, I don't. I don't know too many people who do have stuffing on a regular basis. But uh, Thanksgiving, yeah, you've got to look forward to the stuffing. Oh, no, no doubt about it. Load up on the stuffing, the Mashed potatoes, the butternut squash, the peas. I know you don't load up on peas, John. <laughs> I, I love it. How, how do you feel about the green bean casserole? Oh, I, I don't think I like it. I don't think I like it. And you, we're going to disagree on the squash, too, because I'm not a squash guy either. So, um, yeah, no, I, I never really cared for it. But uh, it, it, it's something that... Uh, you know, like you said, this is not a uh, a common meal, so you look forward to it. But there's a place in Rhode Island, Ken, uh, down in Providence. There's one uh, one restaurant in Providence, and one in Cranston. They make a Thanksgiving pizza. It's a pe- it's a pizza with all the Thanksgiving toppings, stuffing. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yes, yeah, yeah. stuffing. And now you stuffing? Okay, yeah. Uh, cranberry sauce. There's uh, I think there's onions on it. Um, just. Everything you could imagine. We tried to order one, and we couldn't get through. So they they sell out uh, within a matter of minutes, like a Jimmy Buffett concert. You know, they sell out yeah. so quick. Or a Taylor Swift concert, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom, I showed my mom the video of them making the Thanksgiving pizza, and she's going to make one for us. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, wow. That is that is something. Now, they do this only... During the Thanksgiving season or all year? Yeah, they no, it's it's only for Thanksgiving, and you literally have to put your orders in by like August or September. Oh, wow. oh my goodness! Yeah. So um, wow. that's something that that's on my bucket list. I got to try that. So um, I'm your mom's will be every bit as good, if not better. I will save you a piece, Ken. How's that? Uh, thank you, thank you. Because <laughs> uh, I'm 
I'll see you pretty pretty soon after Thanksgiving. Yes, you will. All right. Look. Slice of pizza will still be good, though, by the middle of December. <laughs> All right, Ken, uh, let's talk about some football. We have a lot to discuss as far as football is concerned. Let me Before we get into the, the meat and potatoes here or the football stuff, I want to <laughs> uh, talk to you about I want to talk about that Patriots game yesterday because they yeah. slogged through 59 minutes and 30 right. seconds of <laughs> – a 3-3 game, and then Marcus Jones, 84 yards on the punt return with five seconds left. Have you ever seen anything like that before? I don't think so. Not not a, not a finish like that. I mean, there were five seconds remaining when he got into the end zone, but uh, essentially a finish like that, no, I don't believe so. I, I really and truly don't, and uh, I've been following the Patriots in the NFL since the since the 60s, and uh, I don't think I've ever seen a game that event, you know uh, ultimately ended with a a kickoff or a, a punt return I, I, for a touchdown. I, it, it just boggled the mind. It really did. Now, there are a lot of people uh, that say that the Patriots might have uh, might have, or should have been called on a penalty during that return, but uh, fortunately, the officials did not see it that way, and uh, Marcus Jones is now uh, a hero in New England for sure. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I was thinking that this game was going to go into overtime at 3-3. Oh, yeah. I think you know. everybody did. I think everybody did. No, nobody had that to happen. Yeah, and the way the wind was blowing, there was no guarantee Nick Folk would have made a game-winning field goal, you know. so uh, I think, and also the fact that, uh, you know, his, his regular holder, uh, Jake Bailey, was not uh, in action yesterday. I mean, he's re- regularly the punter for the Patriots, but uh, I think the hold was the difference. I know Nick very rarely misses a field goal i mean he's probably the most consistent kicker at least one of them in the nfl i think the problem yesterday when he missed two might have been the wind part of it for sure because it was very windy but i also think it might have been the hold uh as well yeah absolutely yeah and uh you know they they have a new punter now uh 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 they they signed him off the practice squad i think he did a pretty good job yesterday he did a great job. I mean, Jake Bailey has not had a great year punting. Maybe a good year holding, but not a very good year punting. And uh, and the new guy yesterday, uh, Pilardi, did, I thought, uh, the best job of the year uh, for the Patriots punting the football. I really do. Yeah, and we have a reason now for Bailey's struggles. He's got a back injury, so that would kind yep. of explain yep. Uh, yep. his inefficiency. Absolutely. But, Ken, we've got three NFL games coming up on Thursday. I want to get your thoughts on these three games uh, as we have, first of all, the early game is on CBS. The Buffalo Bills, who played in Detroit yesterday against the Cleveland Browns because of the weather conditions in Buffalo. They had to move the game to Ford Field in Detroit. The Bills will be playing the Lions on Thursday in Detroit. How do you see this game breaking down? Well, I, I have to think that John, that the uh, the Bills are going to win the game. I, I really do. I mean, the Lions they they pulled up pulled off some upsets uh, in the past uh, at home uh, on on Thanksgiving Day. I, I used to love it when they used to play at old Briggs Stadium or later on Tiger Stadium and the outdoors, the elements outdoors with the the mud and the snow and whatever. But you don't get that anymore since they moved indoors to uh, to Ford Field. Uh, but but still, uh, I, I think the Bills are going to come out and, uh, you know, they have a pretty – in fact, uh, Josh Allen really didn't have a, a tremendous game yesterday, and yet they racked up uh, 31 points against uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, at Ford Field uh, in Detroit. 
I, I think the Bills are going to come out. Josh Allen, I think, will, will have a better game than he did uh, yesterday against Cleveland. Cleveland had a pretty good game plan devised against him. Uh, I don't. Detroit's defense is not very good. I think Josh Allen will come out and have a much better game than he did yesterday. And I think the uh, the Bills, unfortunately, because I'll be rooting for the Lions in this one, because the, the Bills obviously are a Patriots divisional rival. But I think the, the Bills are going to come uh, out on top in this one by, by at least a couple of touchdowns. Now, I heard a, a rumor or a story that the Bills are actually going to try to go back to Buffalo and then fly back to Detroit. That doesn't make any sense to me. Why wouldn't you just stay in Detroit for the, for the full uh, four days? Between Boy, now and Thanksgiving, didn't know that, but uh, that's very interesting. Uh, very interesting. I I did not realize that. I thought they would definitely just stay and uh, maybe have a practice or two there before uh, going back to play there on Thursday. It seems crazy to go back to a place that has uh, five or six feet of snow. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, guess. maybe they'll maybe they'll rethink that, Ken, because it yeah. does doesn't make any sense to fly back to Buffalo. It doesn't really. You know, I was surprised yesterday, John. I saw there were, uh, I believe it was 52,000 people at that game uh, at Ford Field in Detroit. I think that was the announced attendance, somewhere around 52,000. And, I mean, it wasn't the game wasn't shipped to there until Thursday. Uh, and uh, I, I imagine a lot of people from Cleveland, uh, which is only a little over two hours away from Detroit, uh, attended that game, and probably some people uh, drove over from Buffalo as well uh, to see it indoors, a nice, uh, a nice, comfortable indoor atmosphere. Yeah, uh, rumor is that uh, J Dog Arsenault uh, was in Detroit yesterday for the Bills Lions game. No, Come I'm on. just, I'm just kidding. But he would do that. J Dog would oh, hitch your, he would, he, he, would, he, would, he, would, he would, he would hitch a ride from uh, Manchester to uh, Detroit for for a Browns game. Oh yeah. yeah. Take <laughs> the Greyhound, whatever. Yeah, yeah right. Okay. Uh, second game is going to be a great one. The NFC East has really turned into a, a great division this year. And the Dallas Cowboys, coming off a huge victory in Minneapolis yesterday, they're going to take on the New York Giants. Both of these teams are 7-3 and three in second place in the NFC East. Ken, this should be a heck of a game. How do you see this one? I, I think it will be a heck of a game. I know Dallas is a nine-point favorite in this one. They, they'll both go in with uh, seven and three records in, in, in a great division. Probably, I mean, the, the NFC East, you know, all, all the teams are playing well in the NFC East. And, uh, you know, teams uh, are, are playing well. Everybody has an over 500 in the AFC East as well. Uh, I am uh, pulling hard for the New York Giants in this one. Uh, not because there's any money on it or anything like that. I'm just not a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, period. So I'm a little bit jaundiced in, in my opinion. Uh, but but uh, honestly, if I had to put some money on it, uh, I would probably put it on Dallas, unfortunately. Uh, as much as I would like to see the Giants or any opponent of the Dallas Cowboys anytime win, uh, I think the, the Cowboys... Uh, Dak Prescott is getting back in the groove after, you know, his injury issues and, uh, you know, had uh, has had, you know, since he returned, he's been playing very well. I think uh, the Cowboys have uh, an outstanding defense, too. So, uh, John, I hate to say it, but I think I, I see the, the Cowboys uh, winning this one. Now, where does your dislike for the Dallas Cowboys come from? Is there a particular reason why you don't like them? 
You know, you know, I used to root for the Cowboys back in the in the Tom Landry days, uh, and the great uh, legendary Tom Landry was coaching the Cowboys. I love yep. the Cowboys. I love watching the, the the Cowboys, especially in the Don Meredith era, and those year Roger Staubach. And but uh, the day that Jerry Jones uh, fired Tom Landry, now he took over the team. And he has every right to do what he wants with his personnel, to even fire a, a Hall of Fame coach like Tom Landry. But he did it by leaving him a telephone message. Oh, wow. Not Terrible. doing it in person. And from what I understand, John, and this is, uh, I, I, I think it's true. I know, I know he left him a message. He did not fire him in person. And uh, legend has it anyway that Tom Landry found out that he was fired on the radio. Oh, boy. And you don't fire a coach of Tom Landry's stature or success uh, that he had with Dallas over the years by doing that. And ever since that time, ever since Jerry Jones took over and fired uh, Tom Landry in that fashion, and I'm not saying he certainly has the right to choose his coach, but you've got to do it like a man and fire him face-to-face and I don't think Tom Landry was treated very well for all he did over the years. And I never want to see any kind of success for Jerry Jones. So that's that's where my dislike, I would use that word, dislike for the Dallas Cowboys started. I can relate to that story because I once uh, found out that I was not retained by a baseball team. I found out on the Internet when they... Uh, uh, posted they posted my job on the internet and uh, I was unaware of it so I understand uh, the need to be professional when you make a decision of that nature so yeah, I, yeah. absolutely no matter what the, the the job might be I mean and this certainly with uh, and uh, I did not know that about you and that is highly unfortunate that it happens in under any circumstances but uh, for a high pro- profile terrific human being and a great legendary Hall of Fame coach like Tom Landry to be treated that way, I just thought was despicable. All right. I'll have to agree with you there, Ken. The other game on Thanksgiving involves our very own New England Patriots. They will be in Minneapolis on Thanksgiving night to take on the Minnesota Vikings. And, Ken, I got to tell you, I'm a little nervous about this football game. Oh, I'm I'm right with you there, John. I'm a lot nervous about this one because, obviously, the, the Vikings did not fare well at home yesterday against those Dallas Cowboys uh, losing 40 to three. And uh, I, you, you've got to think that, uh, you know, and, and you know, they're eight and two. It was only their second loss of the year. And what a tough loss it was. I mean, by 37 points at home and uh, you know, the Patriots defense is really, and, and I mean, they, they played extremely well yesterday. I mean, the Patriots defense pretty much all year, has played very, very well, limiting the Jets yesterday to 103 yards. is really something. But they're really going to have to rely on the defense here to stop uh, Kirk, Cousin, Kirk Cousins and uh, Minnesota because, you know, Minnesota doesn't want to lose two in a row. Uh, you know, they had a horrible effort uh, yesterday. They don't want to, uh, you know, fall back in, in the division. Uh you know, it, it really scares me because the Patriots' offensive line, John, as you know, right now is pretty much Swiss cheese, as they say. Uh, losing yep. Dave Bruce, uh, losing uh, losing Isaiah Wynn. Uh, the, the offensive line hasn't been good most of the year, 
uh, for the Patriots. And now it's probably at its low point of the season uh, right now. I mean, Mac Jones was uh, given very little time to throw yesterday when he was able to throw. I mean, being sacked six times. Uh, generally speaking, the Vikings defense has been uh, very good this year. It wasn't very good yesterday, but uh, it has been generally very good. Yeah, I'm, I am, uh, I'm, I'm surprised, John, that Minnesota in this game uh, is only a three-point favorite, yeah. only a three-point favorite at home. Uh, because I, I, I tell you what, John, I, you know, love the Patriots and have rooted for them since 1962 or 63 when they were the Boston Patriots, but. I don't have a great deal of confidence going into this game against Minnesota for uh, any number of reasons, including the ones I, I just mentioned. But, uh, yeah, I think it could be a long night in uh, in Minneapolis for the Patriots. Yeah, and you've got to deal with probably the best receiver in the game today, oh. Justin Jefferson, who oh. is uh, the catch he made against Buffalo on that fourth down play. Uh, oh. might, might be, it might be one of the greatest catches I've ever seen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's only a couple of, I can think of that, uh, that rival, uh, that one, one was a Sunday night game, uh, when Odell Beckham jr. Was playing for the giants against the Cowboys. He made an incredible, incredible catch. I remember that one. Uh, but that Justin Jefferson catch, uh, was, was just one for the ages, a one handed catch in a clutch situation. Uh, the Patriots secondary, I think has played, uh, pretty well from start to finish, or at least to where we are right now over the first 10 games. But this guy is, I think, right now in a class by himself. He's going to be very, very difficult to defend. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be uh, a night where the Patriots' defense will have to step up once again to even keep this thing close. You know, if the Vikings had been in a close game yesterday or won it by whatever margin, you know, I'd feel yep. a little better. But the Vikings were embarrassed on their yes. home field by Absolutely. the Dallas Cowboys. Yep, humiliated. They were, no. they were embarrassed, and they're going to come out on Thursday night. Uh, they're going to be an angry football team, Ken, and that, that's what makes me nervous. Yep. Oh, yeah. A lot of things make me nervous. That's one of them, for sure. But uh, Jefferson Cousins had, had an off game yesterday. Everybody on the Vikings squad had an off game yesterday. And uh, they are going to look to turn that around on Thursday, for sure. We're talking with our good friend Ken Kale, longtime voice of the Manchester Monarchs, and he's done sports from all over New England, uh, doing play-by-play. -play. This is airing it out, files from Leahy's broadcast booth. Don't forget to check out the website uh, at LeahyStorytelling.com. We also have a Facebook page now for the podcast, so uh, look it up. Look. I didn't know that, John. Yeah, we, I just I, know that. I just put it up last week. It's you Just type in, go to Facebook and type in airing, airing it out. Files from Leahy's broadcast booth, and we're getting that going as well. Ken, we got to touch a little bit on high school football here. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. High school football is a huge part of Thanksgiving. I know in my own personal experience, I've been a part of the Stoughton versus Canton uh, Thanksgiving rivalry. I believe it's the 98th annual game between the Black Knights and the Bulldogs coming up on Thursday. I know you have your own personal uh, uh, high school rivalry. You, you talked about uh, being from Melrose, but high school football is such a big part of the picture on Thanksgiving, isn't it? Oh, it is. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, that uh, certainly is huge uh, with uh, many, many families and uh, has been a tradition uh, over the years. For me, 
I haven't haven't seen a high school football game on Thanksgiving for about a few seasons now, and probably won't see one this year. But went to uh, many of the Melrose Wakefield games over the years, and then uh, uh, broadcast. <clears throat> sorry, John, broadcast some from uh, Gill Stadium in uh, in Manchester. So uh, it has been a huge tradition. Usually, it always started with uh, you know going out to breakfast ahead of time, and then going over and see the game, seeing uh, friends and, uh, you know, former classmates or uh, people that I had run across over the years. So, yeah, huge. I mean, uh, Thanksgiving and high school football, to me, are uh, synonymous. Yep, they go hand in hand. And I just want to go back to the NFL for uh, just quickly here. Uh, just a, a quick look at the playoff picture, Ken, in, in both conferences. If the season ended right now, you'd have um, Miami, Baltimore, Tennessee, and Kansas City as the division winners. And you have three teams after that uh, making it in. Uh, Buffalo would certainly be in. The Patriots and Jets and Bengals are all 6-4. and four. Uh, This AFC race is going to be wild. Oh, it, it is. I mean, uh, you know, the last, uh, you know, seven games uh, of the season are going to be uh, absolutely uh, pivotal. I mean, everybody has a winning record now in the, uh, in the AFC East. And, uh, oh, I mean, uh, these games are crucial. And as it turns out, uh, the way the schedule makers worked it, uh, you know, the Patriots have one of the toughest schedules in the last seven games of the season. And it all begins uh, on the Thursday night at Minnesota. And then uh, after that, uh, they'll be hosting uh, a Thursday night game uh, against the Buffalo Bills. So, it, it doesn't it's it's not an easy road uh, for the Patriots. I mean, they, they have a tough schedule uh, heading down the stretch. Right. Uh, they have, yeah. What did you think of uh, the Colts hiring Jeff Saturday, a guy who had no experience uh, outside of high school football? That was, was uh, an amazing hire. I mean, with the Ursay family, I guess anything is possible. But uh, and he certainly uh you know, was the subject of uh, great criticism by a lot of people inside and outside of the NFL hiring the Hall of Fame center, Jeff Saturday, uh, because he had zero uh, collegiate or professional coaching experience uh, taking over a team in midseason. Uh, I mean, it was just and, and everybody thought, John, at the time that, you know, uh, this was like a ceremonial choice, the Colts were in a, a tanking mode, so to speak, and uh, you know they so they call on uh, Jeff Saturday, who had been uh, uh, you know Hall of Fame center for them during the uh, Peyton Manning days in, in Indianapolis. And what does he do? He he comes in and and wins his first game. Yeah. Uh, after, the the week after the uh, Indianapolis Colts played an absolutely putrid game in Foxborough, one of the worst professional uh, football performances I think I've ever seen uh, the week before against the Patriots in Foxborough. And then they go out and win their debut under Jeff Saturday. Strange. And, yeah. 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 I mean, it was unbelievable. And then, uh, you know, they lost by just one point uh, yesterday. So, uh, you know, it, it's our sports. It, that's what makes sports so great, though, isn't it, John? I oh, mean, yeah. uh, somebody makes a controversial move like that, and then uh, it completely goes in the other direction. So, 
congratulations to him. Kudos to Jeff Saturday. Obviously, he's uh, he's coached these guys up over the last couple of weeks or whatever's happened. But uh, you know, he uh, he really uh, after that you know loss, that twenty six to three loss to the Patriots in Foxborough, they fired Frank Reich, who uh, you know I thought was a very good over the years, a very good uh, NFL coach. And then they go on to uh, to beat Las Vegas uh, the next week and and uh, come uh, within one point of winning uh, yesterday. So, you know, I, I mean, sometimes these things work out, John. Some of these off the wall moves they, they lost by one point to a you know a Philadelphia team who's been very good this year for the most part. So, yeah, I was I was surprised as I think everybody was surprised given the fact that he had no you know. Uh, football coaching experience except maybe uh, a local high school team that he was involved with uh, but so far I guess the, the marks have to be uh, pretty good for Jeff Saturday indeed quick look at the NFC too Ken uh, Philadelphia Minnesota Tampa Bay and Seattle are the division leaders but the three spots after that you could have all of uh, the NFC East teams in the Giants Cowboys and Washington is six and five and if the yeah. season ended right now it would come down to Washington and San Francisco for that last spot I'll tell you what, I, I like the way the commanders, and I have to catch myself every time uh, when I uh. mention the nickname of that Washington team, but I really like the way uh, that uh, Ron Rivera has, uh, you know, uh, coached up this defense. I mean, their defense has been very tough. They uh, And and also, uh, you know, the, the offense, the, the Monday night game they played uh, last week against uh, Philadelphia was uh, was really something, John. I mean, they had uh, possession of the ball for over 40 minutes of that game yeah. last week and handed the Eagles uh, their their first loss of the year. And uh, and yesterday they uh, had, had another win uh, against Houston, limited them to uh, to 10 points in that ball game. And uh, boy, uh, they I think the commanders right now, I think they, they have probably been from the start of the season to this point right now, the most improved team in the NFC. I really believe that. And uh, their, their defense is, is playing incredible. Their, you know, their time of possession is very important to that as well. So I, I think uh, they have done, uh, you know, Taylor Heineke, who, who, who would think, right? Another, another win for Taylor Heineke. Right. Uh, and uh, so I think uh, that, that Ron Rivera deserves a lot of credit for what he's done. And uh, apparently uh, Heineke is no longer the, the backup. I think he's the starting quarterback now. Uh, and Carson Wentz is the backup. Yeah, and the, the, I, so well. I would say the most disappointing team in the NFL this year, without question, are the Green Bay Packers, 4-7 and seven, oh, yeah. uh, through 11 weeks. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I don't think anybody would give me an argument. It's not been a great season at all for Aaron Rodgers or uh, virtually anybody on that team they have certainly underperformed but i think on the other side of the coin i think uh, the commanders are one of the teams that have probably over uh performed and have exceeded any kind of expectations and john you could have a situation you know and when you're talking about the standings where you could have every member of the nfc east and every member of the afc east in the postseason wouldn't that be something yeah i don't think it's going to happen i i I, I think the Jets have peaked. I, I really and truly do. I think the Jets have peaked. And uh, they, they had some, some some significant wins uh, this year. 
but I just don't think uh, that they are that good. All I right. Really all right, Ken. Last point on football. Let me get your yeah. let me get your opinion on tonight's Monday night's game. Monday night game down in Mexico City, the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. Big game in the NFC West. Yeah, it is. It is a big game. They, they, I think the Cardinals, and I and I know that uh, uh, Kyler Murray is not going to be a quarterback uh, tonight uh, for the Cardinals. So as much of a a significant disadvantage they might have been anyway, even with him, uh, I think this is going to be the 49ers game. I really do. Uh, They're they're starting to to perform uh, better on both sides of the football. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a good, I I would call him a game manager. I don't think he's a a great quarterback, but I think he's a good game manager. And, uh, you know, they, they have some great offensive weapons now. Christian McCaffrey is a part of that team, and, and their defense is pretty solid. I, uh, I don't see this as being much of a contest tonight with, uh, I think Colt McCoy is playing quarterback for uh, Arizona tonight. Uh, so I, I think the 49ers are favored by 10 for a reason, and I think it probably, John, will be more than that. Okay, Ken, we'll finish up with the last topic here. Fun uh, is a big part of uh, Thanksgiving as well. Uh, for Thanksgiving traditions, uh, what's the ideal Thanksgiving fun environment for you, Ken? I know there's a few uh, um, certain events like the Macy's Parade, for one. Uh, what would be your ideal fun environment uh, for, for Thanksgiving? What's the funnest thing you take out of Thanksgiving? The fun thing? You know what, John? I think, honestly, the bottom line is being with family and friends. I, You know... I, uh, you know, love, love, love the meal and, and what have you, but it's, it's more the, the fellowship with, uh, with family and friends. And, uh, you know, I'll be going down to Virginia, but then a little bit later on on the weekend, spending uh, time with my family as well. And I, I think it's that. And I, I, you know, after, after a meal, I, one of the traditions I, I like to have, and, and most of the time I've been able to accomplish it is uh, after the uh, the big Thanksgiving meal is not only take a nap, uh, but <laughs> I, I'll go out and take a walk as well. And, uh, you know, with no distractions, really, just just family or friends around and, uh, you know, just talking about whatever might be going on that particular day, maybe about the games that have been played and, and will be played uh, that particular or whatever's going on in the world. Uh, you know, I, I think that the great thing is the fellowship with family and friends, food, take a walk in, in the woods if you can or anywhere that you might be able to take a little stroll and uh, not have any distractions from TV or anything else. And just uh, just be with family and friends, really, and appreciate, uh, you know, the little things that you have uh, in life. Oh, I love it, Ken. Uh, and a little foreshadowing here. When is the best time to l- start listening to Christmas music? And uh, what are your thoughts on Black Friday and all the shopping stuff that goes on? Uh, you know, John, I, I, I don't know. Uh, Black Friday, I'm not a big online shopper for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a big, uh, you know, kind of a, I, I like, there are two gifts I like to give people. And that's tickets and gift cards. There you go. And uh, so I don't do a lot of shopping for other people in, in big, uh, big box stores or anything like that. Not, not, you know, but uh uh, so Black Friday doesn't really impact me one way or the other. I, I uh, it, it, and it seems like these days that there's less of an emphasis on Black Friday. Everybody's having sales long before 
big uh, Black Friday comes along. So I don't think Black Friday is that much of an issue uh, anymore. Remember, how, John, that wasn't too long ago. You know, people used to, you know, camp out like they would uh, oh, yeah. camp out, you know, color TVs that were on sale or whatever the toy of the year might be or, you know, and they would bring their chairs and and uh, stay outside a store before it opened like the next morning at six o'clock or whatever. And you don't see that anymore. You really don't. You don't see, uh, you know, uh, issues like that anymore. But uh, and uh, so you mentioned Black Friday and Christmas music. Yeah. John, I, what I I happen to enjoy Christmas music. Okay. I, I enjoy Christmas music. I could listen to it twelve months a year. All right. Any issue with uh, radio stations or uh, whatever stores piping in Christmas music at any time of the year. So they can start any time, uh, as as far as I'm concerned. And 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 John, I especially like it when you. Uh, do Christmas music in front of a live audience. Well, that, that kind of brings me to my final point, Ken. Uh, December 14th, we'll all be gathering up at a Area 23 in Concord, New Hampshire, and there will be some Christmas music that night and uh, whatever else I can think of. Well, it, it's always a lot of fun to have you in the area, as it were, John. And, uh, you know, you, you're a delightful guy and a great entertainer. I just wish they would give you more time. That's all. That's all I wish for is that, uh, you know, Kirk and the powers that be at Area 23 would uh, give you just a little bit more time because you're you're uh, you're flying in, as you say, at no expense. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and you drive it a long way and you do it. And people love it because the songs that you perform, John, are the songs that people love to sing along with and have a great time with their friends or and or family that might be gathered there. And uh, so, you know, I just, just, just give him 10 more minutes, Kirk. That's all. Just, that's all. And a couple more songs. Uh, but uh, you, you are a delight, John, and uh, looking forward to your appearance in Concord real soon. Well, thank you, Ken. Uh, I'm, I'm going to continue to try to make the argument to Kirk that I'm driving uh, from a long distance. So uh, maybe, uh, maybe we can persuade him to, to give me an extra song or two. But uh, it's going to be great. December 14th, uh, which is, of course, a Wednesday night. That's when they have the open mic up at Area 23. And uh, I can already tell, Ken, it's going to be a historic night. It will be. There's no doubt about it. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I hope it gives you at least another couple of songs. That's all. Well, Ken, uh, we're out of time. I, I want to thank you so much for being here. Uh, you're, you're, you're such a great friend. And uh, I look forward to having you on the podcast again down the road. Have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy your day of family, food, football, and fun. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you very soon. All right, and just just I'll, I'll throw in a plug here that you are on my show every Monday morning around 8.45 or so to uh, bring us up to date on Hockey East. So, John, you're one of the busiest guys in show business I, that I can <laughs> Well, you know, Ken, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'd rather be busy than bored any day. There you go. Absolutely right. Well, Ken, thanks okay. again for being, being here, and uh, I appreciate your time, my friend. All right, John, anytime. All right. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Same to you. All right. We are going to wrap it up for this week. We will be with you again next week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy your day. And you've been listening to Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth. So long, everybody. Mitochondrial disease is a rare multi-symptom disease characterized by breakdowns in the mitochondria 
which are specialized compartments that are present in every cell of the body except red blood cells and are responsible for creating more than 90% of the energy needed by the body to sustain life and support growth. A disease most commonly associated with children, currently there is no cure, just management of symptoms. Hugs for Mito Inc. is mitochondrial disease, rare disease advocacy, awareness, fundraising for research trials, and hopefully a cure. To learn more, please visit hugsformito.org.